Hi, my name is Joel Knox. I'm the senior pastor at the Vineyard Church of Brenham in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad you're interested in our podcast. This media is completely free to you, so you can share it with anyone else however you'd like. Our church is located at 1401 South Bluebell Road in Brenham at the corner of Tom Green Street next to the Bluebell Creamery and across from the Bluebell Aquatic Center. You can also find us on the web at vineyardbrenham.org and on Facebook and Twitter at Vineyard Brenham. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning. We're starting a new series this morning. It's called Marriage on the Brink. And that song is, is really, really personal for us. It's by a group called Over the Rhine. And Danelle actually saw them at a festival. I was off seeing somebody else. And, uh, and she told me about this band. It's a husband and wife. And this song was a chronicle of what happened in their marriage. The whole albums essentially, it was recorded in their home. And these were songs that were born out of, of really fighting, working on their marriage. And, uh, and that, that song, there, there was, it, it was kind of, it's kind of a long song and I, I, I didn't want to bore you with it, but, uh, but there's a line that says, we've seen the landfill. the landfill rainbow, we've seen the junkyard of love, baby, that's no place for you and me. And we've been talking about, about marriage in our, in our staff meetings and, and, and Vern was, was pushing us. We need, we need a, a, a series on this. Something that will help folks. And, and if you're, where, where, wherever you fall on the landscape, there's hope. And if you've, if you've experienced divorce, there's hope on the other side of that. Because that, that junkyard of love, that's no place for anybody to live. And so, um, so thanks for indulging me with this song. But it, it's, you don't get to this place without working. You don't get to this place without being intentional about focusing on your marriage, focusing on, on your relationship, doing the hard work, taking out the time to spend with each other. And so, so over the next three weeks, we're going to be sharing... Next week, the Marshalls will be sharing, and then the week after, the Howards are going to be sharing about, about their experience. And, yeah, this isn't a typical Sunday morning, but I think, I think we, can, we can all appreciate the fact that we need to focus on the most important relationship in our lives. Our first most is with the Lord, but the second most important is, is our spouse. And so... That's what we're, we're going to attempt to do today, and uh, hopefully we won't get into in, too many gory details. But uh. <laughs> Yeah. So, of course, in true spouse fashion, there are a whole bunch of things that he just said that I completely disagree with. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would have said it differently yeah. um, than you just did, but, mm -hmm. but it was good. No. Um, what we wanted to really... Uh, show you guys this morning, especially with this whole idea of marriage on the brink, 
is marriage, yes, on the brink sometimes of disaster, but marriage on the brink of good things. Yeah. Like I was talking about earlier in communion. Yes, it was, it's a solemn looking back at, at this very solemn thing, but it's also a celebration. And so we are probably going to be looking back at some difficult times in our relationships but with a hope looking forward to good things to come, so on the brink of, of good things to come. And you're going to hear from very just regular people. We're real people living real lives with real problems and sometimes real good solutions and sometimes not so good. <laughs> um, and kind of how we work through that and the whys of it all, too. So as we were looking at... Um, what we wanted to share because we will on the 14th of September be celebrating 28 years of being married which yes please I will take that applause but when you hear from Vernon Bevan you will discover that these fine people are on the brink of celebrating 56 56. years yeah or did it just yeah, they, happen? They just had their 55th. Yes, just happened their 55th anniversary. Yes, last month, their 55th anniversary. And so that's goals, hashtag goals right there. I want to <laughs> be married 55 years and still be happy and still yeah. going at it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So um, we just jotted down a couple of things that we wanted to share. It's going to be kind of a conversation, very casual thing here. Um, we sort of did that. When we got together, when we started dating, mm-hmm. we right away jumped into doing things of the ministry together. We are a great team. We work very well together. We are not alike at all. We're you know, polar opposites, really, from each other. <laughs> um, but we started working together and doing things together. And we discovered we work really, really well together. Mm-hmm. And things hum, hum along. But one of the things that we discovered along the way was that, number one, he was a coward, (laughs) afraid of conflict. And conflict, you know, and conflict resolution is my middle name. And so we discovered that... Well, yeah, that as far as as being afraid of conflict, um, I... I saw a lot of a lot of arguing growing up, mm-hmm. and I didn't I, I didn't like it. I didn't like how I felt whenever you know people would would get upset. Now I I also learned how to how to deal with conflict in my own way. But a lot of a lot of times I was running away from it, mm-hmm. and so when we got together, if something upset me, I would just kind of sit on it or walk away or walk away. And, and I did a lot of walking away, and after a while, it, that, it, we need to work this out. We'll, we'll, we'll work it out. I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. No, no, no. We need to work this out. <laughs> and, and it was several years later that we we're actually working this out with a counselor, and he's like, you, you, you've, got to, you've got to speak. You, you have to let these things out. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've shared... My, my testimony, how the Lord delivered me from bitterness. Well, that was from years and years of just, just eating it, you know, just, well, I won't say anything, and I'll just hold it in. And then after a while, that it, it, 
you know, that being upset turns into resentment and then resentment turns into bitterness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it starts small and then the next thing you know, you're, it, it's a monster. So, yeah. And these are, we were discussing this the other day, like today we can have a disagreement and we talk about it and we figure it out and we work through it and it's done like so fast. And so mm -hmm. sometimes it's hard for us to remember those days where something would sit for days mm -hmm. or weeks or months or years even without any resolution. And so we were like, well, where did all of that come from? How does that start? And we kind of drilled down to, for us anyways, a lot of it was unrealistic or unmet expectations. Mm -hmm. Things that he expected of me. Didn't voice, mm -hmm. but expected. Yeah. Things that I expected of him was very vocal about. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't get. Yeah. Well, and, and let me tell you yeah. this, guys. It, it, this is, and this isn't, this isn't mine. I, I'm borrowing this from somebody else. We borrow a lot of stuff from other people because it's good if, stuff. If, guys, if your wife is, is harping, you use the word harping, if she's harping on she's something, you. You, she's, she's doing that because she cares about things. If she ever gets quiet and she stops harping, you better watch out. Yes, sir. Thank you, Earl. <laughs> But that's the truth, it, because it, she, she wants you to engage with her and, and do something about this. Mm -hmm. and, and it may not necessarily be necessarily what she wants, because, I mean, you work together and you might have a compromise, and then you might have to change, whatever the case is. But, yeah, if, if you get to the place where, where she gives up, then, yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> and we were there. We were there um, at one point in our marriage. I would say it was, what, about... 10 years ago, 11 years ago? Uh, it was, yeah. Um, what is, uh, not, yeah, 2007. Yeah. 2007, whatever you want. So 12 yeah. years ago. Yeah, oh gosh, 12 years ago. See, time flies. Where I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I could totally just, I, we couldn't afford to get divorced. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I could stay in this relationship. We could be partners. We could, you know, do this whole thing. We could raise our kids. I don't need you. We could you live in separate parts of the for house. Anything, a lot of people do that. You know? and, and that was a really, it was startling for me to get to that place. How do you backpedal from that? Where do you go from that point of, we started off so deeply in love, partners in ministry, excited for the future to this point where I don't need you mm -hmm. anymore in my life. And hear me out, guys. He is, he's not, a, he's never been a bad man. I mean, he's never beat me. He's never, you know, bullied me. He's, you know, none of this stuff that you would think, oh, that's, you know, excuse good enough to get out of a relationship. It was all just those little things that were not so little to me, like someone to engage with me in conversation about the things that were going on. You know, again, expectations, and, and I joke about it. You know, there were a lot of things I was vocal about, but there were a lot of things that I didn't even know I had expectations about that I never voiced, that I never said to him, this is what I need. I mean, this is a, this is a deal breaker. This is a deal breaker for me. I need this. And I never said it, you know, for whatever reason. And so 
communication, conflict resolution, not being afraid, you know, of engaging with somebody. This was somebody I loved at one point that I cared about deeply and respected, but it was gone. It was all gone. And so, you know, where did we even go from there? I mean, I, I sit there and I think, I think about it sometimes. How did we get back? But I think some of it was getting back to the basics. We drilled back to the basics. Where did we go wrong? You know, let's, let's walk this back. Where did we go wrong? And one of the things where we discovered, we, we've said this a number of times, we back, backed into this, of the concept of spiritual transformation. And we now have words for it that we didn't have back then. We now have processes for it that we didn't have back then, but we just kind of stumbled into. But the idea is that our own personal spiritual transformation, our own walk with the Lord as individuals, will drive relational change, Mm -hmm. marital change. And um, I don't know, a couple of you were in our uh, marriage conference that yeah, we did last I mean, year. I know Bonnie, came, came Bonnie and Stephen are visiting with us this morning. They were here, yeah. and I know Brian and Shauna were part of that. Um, and this was one of the things that Kurt mentioned, was this idea of our own spiritual, our own personal transformation driving marital transformation or relational transformation. You may be sitting here, and you're not married, but in your relations, in your relationships with other people, if you're immature, if you're like just, you know, straggling along here and you're all about what your needs are and you just, you know, the closer you get to God, the more you pay attention to what's going on here. Yeah, I'm looking at you. I know. I'm sorry. (laughs) I know. I'm, yeah. The more your relationships will will be stronger and more mature because then you don't have all of those. Yes, my single people over here. You don't have those same kinds of expectations. Um, And I know I'm talking a lot, but for me, this hit me hard one night in a hotel room (laughs) where we we had hit the end of it and I was just done. And our pastor, thank God, I mean, Raymond, he said, don't make any decisions without talking to me first, you know. So I told him okay, this is it. We got to go talk to Raymond. We're done. And he agreed, which was really scary, actually, at that point for him to say, yeah, I think we're done. Because up to that point, he hadn't been like that. Mm -hmm. So we meet with Raymond, and he says, you know, a bunch of things to us that were really, you know, specific to us. It was great stuff, but it was still like, I don't know if I could do this or not. And we went back to the house, and I said, I got to get out of here. And I packed an overnight bag. And I told him where I was going. I didn't just run away. I said, I'm going to go and I'm going to check into, you know, X hotel and, and I'll just be the night. I can't stay under this. Yeah. I I, say where. Yeah. I can't, I can't do it. I can't stay under this roof with you tonight. I just can't. And so I get to the hotel and, and I'm talking to the Lord and I'm mad. I'm mad at him, you know, because I had all of these hopes and all of these expectations that, you know, God is good, right? And he's for marriages and he can help, you know, fix all of this. And so I, for the first time with God, articulated expectations that I had never articulated to him before. I said, I don't know what to do about this marriage. I don't know how to fix it. I need your help. 
I need you to do something. I don't, I'm, I'm at the end. I don't know what to do. And the Lord gave me this vision. I'm not a sports person. We went to a baseball game the other day with Vern and Bevan, and I'm all cool with it, you know, for about the first three innings. And then I'm like, okay, it's, I'm done. <laughs> so I'm not like a sports person or anything, but I get this imagery of this, you know, MVP, multi-million dollar, you know, baseball player, and he's sitting at the negotiating table with, and I don't know how this works, but that was my vision, so there you go. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's sitting at the negotiation table with the owner, the team, and like the managers and all the important people who are, you know, able to negotiate his contract. And he's saying, these are my demands. Here it is, all listed out. And I need X amount of money. And the, you know, the owners and everybody are going, I mean, we want you to play on the team, but we, we can't afford what you're asking. We can't afford that, and we can't meet these terms. But, but we do want you. And, you know, the player's just upset or whatever. And I, in my vision, the Lord said, that's what you're doing to your husband. You have laid a contract on his table that he cannot meet. You didn't even realize you were doing it. He can't meet it. And he said, but look, and he kind of showed me over here on this other table, same contract already signed by God. He said, I've already taken care of all of the things you really need. And you keep trying to put that contract on his table. Take it off of his table. Put it back on mine. Because I've taken care of this. I've got you. And it just, it shattered me, you guys. I didn't realize because I thought, you know, well, my husband is supposed to do all of these things. Look at what the Bible says of what, what a husband is supposed to do and about what he's supposed to be. And for Pete's sake, we're Bible college graduates. I mean, you know, we're in ministry together. He is supposed to be doing these things, right? God, he is supposed to be. And God's like, no, stop expecting things from him that should only come from me. So he would unpack over, I guess, the next few years exactly what that meant. Like, what are some of the things that I had been laying on his table that I was expecting from him that I really should be expecting from God? And one of those things was to be loved unconditionally. Like, I wanted my husband to love me unconditionally, but he's human, guys. You know? And he just can't. I mean... <laughs> God bless him. He just, he can't. <laughs> but God can. God can. And God is so capable of revealing his perfect, his undying, unending, unconditional love that absolutely has no boundaries. And if you've ever, I mean, if you're sitting in here, if you're here in church, you've experienced that at one point or, or another in your life that sense of God's love for you. So you know what I'm talking about. Now, expound on that. I mean, multiply that. God can do that. And he's the only one ever in our entire lives who can do that for us. So once I took that, you know, part off of the table and I said, okay, I'm going to stop expecting him to be God because, I mean, you know, and start letting God be God in my life. It, it, it began to shift. So again, this personal transformation, this whole process between me and God began to drive change in our relationship. So it wasn't long after that yeah. that we, I well, went on, yeah, go ahead. 
Well, she, she came back from this experience and things had definitely shifted. But I was in this place like, you know, we've done this before. And, um, and so she ended up going on this retreat and she came back from the retreat. And she yeah, like, he didn't change overnight, guys. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I had a shift, but he was not shifting with me. So, <laughs> and and you know, and I I had I had our, our our friends, our pastor. You know, they're they're all you know they're they're helping and and we're talking and everything. Well, she goes on this retreat and she comes back and she says, "You need to go on one. You need to go on the next one." And I was like, um, "And mind okay. you, that whole weekend was all about." Um, experiencing God's love for you. That's what that weekend was designed yeah. for. It's a specific kind of retreat. And so yeah. that was like, whoa. So, so I ended up going and, and I, and I was, I kind of went with, with the intent, like, God, this is, this is kind of my last hope. It, something's got to happen this weekend. And, and it was funny because at one point it, they were, they were doing these, these activities and they were, as a response to a talk. I like telling this part because I, I'm sitting there and, and they bring out these supplies and there's glitter in the box. Yeah, you know, guys, I, I don't know about you, but but I, I don't like messing with glitter. It gets on your clothes. It gets on your hands. It, it can get in your, like, in the beard, you know. Yeah, I, I, Daniel's got the thumbs down. Um, yeah, That's a yeah. hard pass on the glitter, right? So, guys? Yeah. so anyway, they bring out these supplies and they sit it out on the table and, and I, I'm just like, <laughs> and I, and it was, it was like, and I really like the Lord spoke to me and, and said, okay, you said you wanted this, either do it or get out. And so, so I used the glitter. It was pretty. But, but but anyhow, that, that weekend, and, I, and I've talked about it, that I, I had an encounter that weekend with the Lord, and He dealt with my, my bitterness. And, and it had, like I had mentioned earlier, it had become this, this, this monster in my life. And, and when, when it happened, I, I cried and cried, and, you know, the whole weekend. And it was so weird because all the guys that were in my group, they thought something was wrong. I mean, they were like... Joel, are you okay? And you know, and then we had like our 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 in ending ceremony, and they all came up to the front with me whenever I wanted to share because they didn't think I was going to be able to make it through. But I think I was already cried out by then, and and the Lord has has really changed me. And and so like if you see me cry, it's because the Lord loosened all that stuff up because th- there was bitterness there before, yeah. and I, I I couldn't cry. I was you know I was I was angry. And, in, you know, and, and the Lord's still working on the anger part because <laughs> I, I, I can, I can get, get angry like with the best of them. But, um, but that was the transformation that I needed. The Lord dealt with Danelle in, in her expectations and he dealt with, with me in terms of my fear of conflict and, and really holding in those things. Um, so... Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm completely different, and and they, this is one thing that I, I I learned through that whole process. If you have to tell somebody that you changed, you probably haven't changed too much. <laughs> but if they come to you and say you're different, then that's when transformation's taking place. And when Kurt was here last year, and he was talking about this stuff, and he's talking about you know this the spiritual formation. And transformation, driving the personal transformation, 
it was, it, it was just like what Danelle said. We backed into it. We didn't know what we, what we were doing, but we can see how that happens. And there was a, a minister that we had talked to around the time that we were getting married, and he gave us this little illustration. And it's, it, and, and it's, it's a crazy thing because we only met with him a few times, and then we ended up changing our plans, and we ended up getting someone else to do it. But he drew this picture of a, of a triangle. And either end of that triangle is, is you and your spouse. And the Lord's at the top of that, that triangle. Well, if you want to get closer together, you can do it on, on this plane. Mm-hmm. But it, it's really hard to do because, you know, you have all the conflicts and you have all the trials and everything else. But if you're drawing closer to the Lord, it just naturally falls in together. And you don't, you don't have the fatigue of, you know, and that's why the, the, the triangle is one of the, the strongest geometric shapes because the sides rest at the point. And in our relationship to the Lord, He's the point. Mm-hmm. So, And that's one of the things that we've, you know, found over the years. And again, it's been 28 years of us kind of stumbling around <laughs> trying to figure all of this out, is we notice that when things start getting sideways with each other, it's time for us to stop and think, okay, where are we with the Lord? Um, you know, the backstory kind of on this song that Joel was sharing, they had been touring. And these this couple, they're songwriters together. I mean, they're, they're partners. And they'd been on this world tour, right? They're really good together, but they were putting so much energy into the art and the creativity and all of that. And we're not putting any you know, effort and energy into each other. And to draw the comparison, the parallel to us, I mean, we could get so involved in doing the things that we do and doing them well, maybe, but we're focusing so much on whatever that is, whether it was ministry, whether it was raising children, whether it was work. And we, and you might think that, oh, well, we need to focus on each other. No, you need to stop and you need to focus on God. That's where it starts. So a lot of books that we read, a lot of things that we heard, you know, a lot of marriage counseling would say, oh, you need to focus on each other. You need to stop and do all of that. And I would venture to say that, again, this is just our experience, but hard-earned experience, that if you find yourself um, struggling in your marriage or in your relationships or whatever it might be, that you stop and you say, okay, where am I with God? God, where are you and I? How are, how are we doing? Mm-hmm. Because that is the reset button you need. That is what draws you closer into better, more healthy relationship with other people. Not focusing on yourself or focusing on the other person, but focusing on God. And I think if that is the one takeaway that I would you know, have you take from this morning is that, that if you, whatever situation you might find yourself, and it could be a work relationship even, you know, like I had a boss that I had such a hard time getting along with. I mean, that boss drove me nuts. And if, and when you stop and you think, why is this person driving me nuts? What, it's not about them. Truly, you might think it is. Maybe they're doing things, but they're doing things that are triggering something deep inside of you. And figuring out what that is, taking that to God, why is this person driving me nuts? 
and being open to hearing whatever God tells you because he will. The Holy Spirit will speak to you. If you're drawn near to him, he will draw near to you and he will begin to shine a light on things and show you things. And sometimes it's wonderful things. It's like, wow, that's pretty cool. And other times it's like, uh, I didn't want, well, you, I didn't want well, you to look at that. You know? And John Wimber, it, one of the things he used to say was that if one prayer that you, you can be guaranteed that God will answer is whenever you say, God, what's wrong with me? <laughs> He'll tell you. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely. One of the things I know recently that I have discovered that the Lord has shown me um, is that I tend to use my anger as a mask for other more vulnerable feelings because it's a whole heck of a lot easier for me to just get angry. You know, so-and-so did whatever, and I just mad. Boy, and it makes me mad. Well, it's easy for me to be angry, but it's a lot harder for me to say, they hurt my feelings, or I feel rejected, or I'm feeling lonely, or I'm sad. You know, that's vulnerable. That's hard for me to admit that that's really what's going on. So it's just easy for me to say, I'm just mad. They did, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then that's been a a recent discovery, you know. And so when I feel myself getting angry, and, you know, thankfully we've had a new tool come into our lives. Transformation prayer has been a good process for me of being able to identify what those emotions are, what those feelings are, and then trying to find, you know, God's truth for my life. So what's truth there, Lord? And then apply that to myself. So personal, again, driving back to that personal transformation between me. It's not about him. Yes, you know, he did whatever X, Y, Z again or didn't do it again. But it's not about him, you know. I'm going to, you know, sidebar here. This man does a little laundry in our house. That's just kind of how our chore division fell out. But he does all of the laundry, all of the laundry, because I don't like doing laundry, and I'm not good at it. I wash the clothes, I dry them, I put them in a basket. What more do you need, you know? And so he does all of the laundry. I fold them. He folds them, he puts them away, he's amazing. I hang them up. Yes, he's so, he's amazing. This is something that we've worked out. But that, again, we fell into it backwards. We didn't come into it in a healthy way. But since then, we've discovered, oh, yeah, okay, and this is how we do that. This is how we work through our issues, our problems, our things in in a healthy way. And so where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. So again, you know, oh, my goodness, Joel didn't fold the laundry. (laughs) And he always folds the laundry. What's going on with him today? It's not about him. It's once again, okay, Lord, what what are my expectations here? What is it I expect? And what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do that? Um, and so one of the things I want to, we're coming up on noon. Um, one of the things that Joel um, shared with me was a great thought. Um, unity. So this unity that we have discovered, that we've worked on, doesn't mean uniformity. Because we are still polar opposites. We are still different. I don't understand the way he thinks. And he doesn't understand the way I think at all. But we are more in unity today than we ever have been in our lives. We are not the same. We will never be the same. And thank God, because it's his strengths and his weaknesses and my strengths and my weaknesses that come together 
to make this picture, we hope, of God's grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, his love. And, you know, for those of you, and because we have a mixed audience here, but for those of you who have heard some of my story, there's a lot to be forgiven. There's a lot to have mercy over. A lot of grace was needed to keep this marriage held together. But it was all God. It was all God. It was all God. And it was the unity of his person, his Holy Spirit, his son, that holds us together on Mm -hmm. a minute-by-minute basis at times. So there you go. Well, um, we're going to going to wrap up, but I, it, here's what I want to do this morning. Um, I realize that this hits people in different places, and, and there may be some, some sore spots that we've just kind of touched on, and it wasn't an intentional poke that hurts, keep poking, but if you're here this morning with something in your life that you need ministry for, we want to take time to pray. That's 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 what, what Vineyard is all about, about praying for each other and making time to allow the Holy Spirit to come and, and minister to our needs. So could, could we stand? Holy Spirit, I want to invite you to come now and fill this room. God, you see everything that's going on with every person here. And I ask you to come and and rest on those who are hurting today. Their heart hurts. God, let them know that you love them. Let them experience your compassion. For those who are in the throes of, of the struggle of marriage and the difficulty that that comes with working out this relationship. I ask you to come and bring that unity that comes from you. God, in Jesus' name, for anyone that's here today, God, that that needs a physical touch in their body, Holy Spirit, Pour out your healing in this room. Pour out your spirit on us. And Lord, I ask you to draw us to you today. Show us your beauty. Show us your love. Show us that compassion and mercy that you have for us. Lord, we give you thanks today. We bless your name. Well, I've kind of thrown a, a wide net. But if you need prayer this morning for anything, and there was something that I, I, I was thinking about while we were talking, and I was trying to figure where it would fit. But some of you in this room, you've, you've had grand dreams of things that you wanted to do. And 
because of your experience, because of things that have happened, because of life, you feel like it's over. And I'm, I, I just need to find something else. I need to, I need to look elsewhere. And I can't, I, can't, I can't dream that dream anymore. Well, the Lord wants to restore what the locusts have eaten in your life. That was a word that was given to me whenever we were, we were going through counseling. The Lord wants to restore what the, what the locusts have eaten. And I want to give that word to you today, that the Lord wants to restore the dreams. The Lord wants to restore your passion for the things that, that you, you used to care about. And you're just, you just feel like that, that time, that window has closed. The, the Lord's never late. He's never early. He's right on time. And He has a purpose for you right where you are. So if you need prayer, I'm going to say a, say a prayer. And, and if you need to go, you can be dismissed. But I, it, I would encourage you to stay. It, it's still early. It's, it's noon. And, and you can still get to the chicken place or wherever you go for lunch and, and, and get, get the chicken while it's hot. So um, Holy Spirit, come and rest on us. As we go today, I pray that you would remind us of your word. That you would remind us of your love for us. How you desire for us to know you. To experience you in relationship. And as we go, Lord, I pray that your blessing would be on us. That your hand would be with us. And that you would give us peace through your Holy Spirit. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer, I just want to invite you to come to the front. I'll pray with you or we'll get, get someone to pray with you. But if you need prayer, if you need ministry, come today. God bless you. There is mercy.